0: Well, hello there, Mark. Well, good morning,
1: Johnny. How you doing, buddy?
0: I'm surviving, man. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, it, it's weird being in another country and not being in America during the 4th of July, but, yeah, uh, it's, it's good, man. Um, yeah, what do you got going on?
1: Uh, yeah, other than recording on the 4th of July, which sounds like a really bad uh, Oliver Stone movie. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, um, so, you know, you know, I'm unemployed. Um, the company I work for folded. Um, this was my last, or it was my last week and I, you know, last week and I said, I'm out, I quit. We're done with this. Um, so now I got nothing to do and I am realizing as I have nothing to do, I think it's making me, what is it like? Boredom can sometimes just drive a person to evil.
0: Okay. Yeah. I can see that.
1: So you know where I live in my little apartment complex, and, like, people come and go from here all the time, and there's, like, this new family that just moved in, and, like, I don't know. It's You kind of feel bad for them. It's a single dad, and there's, like, three kids that are just kind of, like, rotating. I'm pretty sure it's three separate baby mamas. Okay. But, like, there's this woman in my building, and she's just awful. She's got this little yapping dog, and I hate her. I don't even know how she's allowed to have a dog in the building, because, like, you know, no pets and all that good stuff, but, like... So yeah, the middle yeah. the middle kid is like he's not a bastard he's probably a really solid kid but he's like 10 11 years old and like he just needs a buddy he just needs an outlet and like he's trying to play with a dog the dog bit him the woman yelled at him said it was his fault and it really pissed me off so like I one day I was taking out the trash and I see this kid I was like hey come here really quick dude and he's like what and I was like I'm not I'm not a weirdo I just I want to help you out, man. He's like, with what? I'm like, I know that old lady is really mean to you, and we're going to get her. And he's like, well, how? And I was like, dude, check this out. <laughs> so I taught him how to make a water balloon slingshot. His apartment is on the other end so I've been of te- uh, the building. So like, I taught him how to make this slingshot, um, and he's basically just mortar lobbing um, water balloons into the parking lot on my end. Okay. And it's great. He was doing it the other day. And I heard, because it makes a, like a, you know, a thwomp sound when he launches it. And then you hear the splat a couple seconds later. And okay. I was out sitting on my deck, and I see him, like, loading up the first salvo in the morning. And he, you know, thwomp, splat. And it's nothing. <laughs> thwomp, splat. And, like, his aim is getting better. I don't know how he's sighting it in. I don't know how he's targeting. He's blind firing. It's kind of impressive. And then I hear thump, splat. And then I hear this old bitch. Oh, my God. What the hell? Losing her damn mind. And I, like, lean over my deck, and I'm like, what happened? And she's, like, just soaking ass wet. Oh, that little bastard got me. And I was like, oh, calm down, lady. Just because your dusty old bones are wet for the first time in four decades doesn't mean you can take it on this kid. Why don't you relax and go (laughs) listen to the dang old podcast?
0: (laughs) Yes, please, please come listen to the dang old podcast. It's that here, uh, uh, wow. It's this here, weekly King of the Hill podcast, where I, Johnny, and my good buddy, Mark, we talk about two episodes of that beloved animation classic by Mike Judge, King of the Hill. Uh, we talk about the goods, we talk about the bads, we take two episodes each week and basically discuss whether we think they're still worth watching, and, uh, you know, how it holds up to today's standards. Um, yeah, we give it a patented, we, we got a patented rating system, we bring it through, and well, hot damn, Mark, if we haven't done this almost a hundred times now, I i don't know. Maybe we're getting kind of good at, at cold opens. Maybe it's just been total shit for a hundred episodes, just about. Who knows?
1: My favorite one is still, um, it's the, uh, uh, um, get your freak off. And you open with, you went to a Coheed and Camry, Cambria concert, and one of the kids had a bucket of chicken, and I couldn't wrap my <laughs> head around it. <laughs> You remember that one, I and that. I got so screwed up by yeah. it. And you're like, "No, you had a bucket of chicken," and I was like, "It's popcorn. It's chicken. Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, hey, it's they, they can. Sometimes, sometimes my my brain just proves how addled it really is. It actually should be firing on most cylinders, considering I've been abstaining from alcohol for like almost two months at this point for school. So.
1: No, it's making Good you Lord. worse. I'm almost done. It's making you worse, Johnny. It's, <laughs> it's,
0: it's exposing the flaws in my pickling. Mark, I say we get this <laughs> bastard rolling with episode 199, The Texas Panhandler. What do you say?
1: Uh, hey, man, can you spare change for a better episode?
0: I, I really wish I could. But unfortunately, on April 30th, 2006, this is what we got. Written by Tony Gamalobo and Rebecca May. I know they've given us something better
1: than this before, but Mark, where did we see them last? Um, Last we saw them was Mutual of Omaha um, and Bill's House. So, no, I don't okay. think they gave us anything good. I know they have. I, I know we got better out of them, but I was hard-pressed to... Go through our spreadsheet and look at it. Um, okay. I never promised yeah. you an organic garden, really quick. All right. No, that's that one's pretty solid. Oh, and um, uh, uh, um stressed for success. I like that one quite a bit. That was a good episode. Yeah.
0: So do I. So do I. Okay. Uh, for some reason, the wiki also credits David X. Cohen as a for the live action portion of this episode, but uh, there is no live action portion of this episode, and David X. Cohen is from Futurama, so I think somebody was uh all, all alternating. Between the Futurama wiki and this, and um, Simpsons. Yeah, or that's
1: really weird, or the
0: Simpsons, or or even uh, I know he does Disenchantment. Like, eh. I don't remember David X. Cohen ever being attached to King of the Hill. It, I understand that he was in and around the same circles at that time, but I don't I don't recall that ever happening. So maybe I'll just go in and adjust the wiki there or or confirm it on IMDb. Who who knows? Maybe there's a missing live action piece of the Texas Panhandler that you and I missed. Is that know. what makes it a good um, episode? It might be. I mean, if, if we get live action of of Steven Root, like, panhandling for people, like, I, I'd, I'd be into it.
1: Um. It's, it's not Bill doing the robot, is it? That's, like, the closest I can...
0: Ooh. Okay.
1: So I just pulled it up. Yeah. Oh, wow, he's on Behind the Bastard. That's fucking nuts. Uh, <laughs> I just pulled it up. He is not in... <laughs> According per IMDb, he is not on um, Simpsons. Or sorry, Jesus Christ, what is this? King of the Hill. King of the Hill. <laughs> wow, where am I?
0: I know we. Do, I know we dip into the Simpsons a whole bunch in here, buddy. But let's focus. Well, you
1: know, like um, Brett Forster, uh, uh, Collier, Collier. He is a big oh yep to do with it. I'm I'm going through and watching like season three Simpsons in German because I'm trying to get better at my like you know um, slang and shit. Right. And like you see, you see a lot of our, you see a lot of old King of the Hill guys on old Simpsons, and I really think that that just kind of Mm. speaks to why we like the older seasons better. But I don't know. Anyway, no, it makes a lot
0: of sense. Yeah, moving on to our cast of characters this week. Hank Peggy, Bobby Hill, Luann Platter, Dale and Joseph Gribble, Boomhauer, Bill DeBetrove, Con Super News and Pwn, Stuart Dooley, Ramon Alejandro, Sandy, Amy, Derek, Drew, Adam, and the wiki left him out, but I certainly won't. We have a r- appearance. This is not the first appearance. Uh, it might be, actually. But I know we see him at least one more time. Uh, we have Spongy for the first time, Mark. Good old yeah. Spongy. Toby Huss.
1: <laughs> now, um, <laughs> now let me ask you: Do you reckon his name is Spongy because he sponges your windows, or because he's got so much syphilis, his brain is all spongy and swish cheesy? Ooh, Ronald Reagan it kicked balls. me out of my mental hospital. That's a bad spongy, but
0: uh, yeah. it is a bad spongy. And oh, do I have stuff to say about mental health care and Ronald Reagan? <laughs> Get buckle up, kiddos. It's going to be one of those episodes. On um, the 4th I did want to go through. Fourth of a...
1: July, baby.
0: <laughs> I wanted to go through um, a couple of our guest stars here, though. So yes. we'll start with Amy. Amy is uh, voiced by, I have it written down here as Julian, but I may have missed a keystroke there. It might be Jillian. Um, so, a J name Bowen is her last name. Um, she does a lot of voiceover work for uh, Im- imported stuff. I guess, uh, so she does a lot of VA work for specifically Japanese cartoons or games. Um, she's credited with additional voices in Kingdom Hearts 2. Uh, the one big thing that I noted on here, I don't know, Mark, have I ever sat down with you and watched like some of the weirder Studio Ghibli movies?
1: No, because you know how much I hate Studio Ghibli, but...
0: Well, there's one in here that I really think you might enjoy because it's all about magical um, tanukis that suck their testicles into themselves. And like, th- yeah, they're just fantastic. It's called Poko. It's literally about a bunch of magical tanukis in Japan mm-hmm. um, and, and how their home is basically getting decimated because that's the undertone of every Studio Ghibli movie. Humans are fucking terrible and we're destroying the environment. Um, but anyway, she does a voice in the, the English dub of Pompoko as a kiddo. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, we have the character of Drew, who is voiced by Norwood Cheek. Drew is the, the, the shitty guy with uh, basic and premium cable in the trucker hat. Uh, Norwood yeah. Cheek, uh, he, he's in a couple of things, but he does more producing. He does some music stuff. Uh, nothing super fantastic. Uh, Adam is a returning voice actor from last week that we just saw that you were really sad that we saw him last week and it's not going to make you feel any better that he's in this episode, but Adam is voiced by Justin Long Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and Derek, our white guy with the dreadlocks is, uh, voiced by Dax Shepard, um, who we have also seen on King of the Hill before, but, uh, you and I being the big Mike Judge fans that we are, a lot of people know him from Idiocracy.
1: Yeah, um, married to uh, Kristen Bell, one of those assholes yes. that proves that you don't need to be good looking if you're funny to nail the hottest chick in the place, so.
0: Basically, it's him and Christina Hendricks' husband that uh, that says snozberries taste like snozberries in Super Troopers. I uh, am yeah. basically, like, those two break the rule.
1: And that other dude, uh, Pete Davidson.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude looks like a like a flesh colored muppet.
1: Um <laughs> Mark, I it, it, it amazes you... me, dude. You just got to be funny. Kids, if we learn uh, one dudes. thing from King of the well, from life and the world, make them laugh, make them breakfast. Ralph Garman taught me that.
0: Uh, hot hot damn, dude. I really I should be taking this this like the sentiment into into actual training here because I I scored way higher than I absolutely should have with my Lady Wizard. Um and it's, I have to attribute it to the fact that I'm kind of funny sometimes.
1: You are very funny, eh. like 98% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> eh.
0: I, well, I try, I try fucking 98% of the time. Um, Mark, synopsis for this episode. Cause we're, we're already diverging here. And I think it's because you and I don't feel like we have a lot to talk about with this one. Synopsis, Bobby and Joseph learned the best way to get hipster clothes is to act like hipster bums. And Hank is clearly not on board. Our A story this week: Bobby, Joseph, and Hank. Um, no B story here, unless you want to talk about. I don't know. I don't, is there a B story here? Am I missing one? No, me?
1: not at all. Cut and dry A line all the way through.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, let's let's jump into notes, buddy. You got you got something for me? You want me to start? How do you want to do this?
1: Yeah, yeah, I'll take it away. Um, number one: Joseph is just pralines and dick, and I don't know how Bobby didn't dump his ass when he picked up Ramon Alejandro as his new like hype man. Oh, yeah. I We I know we see him, like, being weird all the time, but oh, I'm going to touch her neck, dude. Like, this is, yeah, I don't know, I just, dumb. This is Annoying um,
0: Joseph. Like, I was done with him a, a season ago, and you've been enjoying Weird Annoying Joseph, but I'm, I'm glad like that this one yeah. is not working for you.
1: Yeah, this one just, not at all. Like, this isn't dumbass jumping off a... Uh, Lifeguard tower with an umbrella. This is. Oh, I'm a sexual assaulter in the making, dude. Oh. Um Yeah. <laughs> I don't fucking no. Also, to this that is end, the this red. Is... Cor- this is the red
0: corn coming out at him.
1: Oh. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, also, this is a bad use of Dooley. I, you know how like I railed a long time ago about we get good Dooley, we get bad Dooley? This is bad Dooley. You didn't get invited. No one asked you. We all saw what happened. Dooley, shut the fuck up. Like, we know what happened. Yeah,
0: he didn't need the two cents, but he was sitting in the background the whole scene. You knew he was going to say it.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's, I think that's like... what
0: makes this bad Dooley, is that you know exactly what he's going to say.
1: I just hate Chekhov's Dooley. Like, if a Dooley appears in the first moment of a scene, he absolutely must say something at a low pitched voice by the end of the scene. And I. It's kind of like a foil for this scene, really. It kind of screws it up. Mm, okay. Um. Bobby would have money if he was still picking poo. I'm just fucking saying, man. Just saying.
0: Or cleaning up puke. Absolutely.
1: <sighs> yep. Yeah, I just. But have had a lot of money. Like, really good money. Um. This is Rich Hank, Poor Hank, Redux. I mean, literally the line of how much do you think those cotton short pants cost? I don't know, $100? Like, yep. okay. okay. Um, This is also, and maybe this is just me being an asshole because this episode pissed me off. So, like, I made a point to, like, get mad at it. Um, Bill talks about how if he had a son, he'd spoil him and he'd walk all over him. We saw it already. It was called Nut Before Christmas. Yeah. Yep. But that was uh Ryan Philippi doing it to him. So whatever. Um this whole episode is a retro reference rage from the I don't I don't know. I also don't I I I'm I have not been what would you call it fashion forward in about well, ever. Um but like I remember when like the idiot, beat-up, distressed pants that you spent a ton of money for came out and they were the hot thing. And I remember it annoyed me because I just wanted a pair of, like, blue jeans that weren't all screwed up. I remember that shit in high school and it really irritated me. But, like, sign-spinning. You don't see sign-spinning anymore. You know, like... And at this point, I'm so conditioned to ignore anybody on the street and see them as not human that I just ignore everybody on the street and see them as not human anyway. So... There's no way I'm going to give Dax Shepard and his cronies any change whatsoever. Um, do people still carry change? I was going to ask you this. Do you, in Germany, do you guys have, um, I don't know what the, I know you guys use a Euro, but is it like Canada where like there's like dollar and two dollar coins? Do you know what I'm talking about? I, I, there is, and actually there's a lot of change here. Um okay.
0: it's, it, it's interesting that you bring this up because I definitely, I think i what did i I address this at some point later on in my notes here uh the fact that yeah uh, paper money and change like that that doesn't really exist in a lot of places anymore but it exists here a whole bunch because the euro is like euro coins are usually how um you can pay for your breakfast um you can pay for your train ticket uh, different things like that. Uh, they have one and two euro coins, which is super, super helpful. Um, mm. If you need to take a shit, they make you pay a euro. That way you can't just like go into the bathroom and shoot up and make a Could. giant mess of the place. Like you have to pay to go in, into the bathroom and then you get a voucher when you leave that says, hey, thanks for using this. Here's an extra 50 cents and you can use it for 50 cents next time. Thanks like basically, it, <laughs> it's it's, yeah, like... You buy two shits at the at the first time, and you get a, you get a little voucher on your way back out, and then you can use it again the next time you go in. But it's yeah, there's a lot of uses for coins here. Um, Interesting. So, uh, oddly enough, walking through a pretty bigger city like it's not like a huge metropolitan hotspot. It's it's no Cologne. Like I'm I'm just south of Cologne, and that's a huge fucking city. Um, but Bonn is not small by any means it's got its own university it's got its own marketplace like things like that and there is not a lot of homeless people here there's not a lot of people asking for change really yeah like they're there you definitely see them and you see them in bigger like specific areas but there is not a lot of them and almost no one pays them any attention
1: Hmm. okay okay so yeah um you said our release date was april 30th 2006 yeah uh, yes, it was. So, going off our metric of at least six months ago, or, you know, whatever whatever our stupid metric is that I don't think actually holds up anymore, I am going to assume that the Will Ferrell movie that Bobby is going to go see with his new lady friend is The Producers. Oh, good cut. Also, when the hell was Will Ferrell in The Producers? He was Franz Liebkind.
0: Interesting. Okay. Well, okay. Like, Wait so a minute. I do not remember him in that um, because he's not one of the main characters. So that makes sense.
1: Well, so to to that end, I'm just I did some some very very cursory digging on IMDb. Um, it could also be Curious George. He plays the man in the yellow hat. Um, that released okay. in February of and I'm betting that Bobby didn't take. No, I'm betting he, Bobby didn't take her to see that. Or it was Talladega Nights? But I think that came out. That came out way too close to this release date for that one to be valid.
0: Gotcha. Oh, no, that came out August 4th, so that one does not count.
1: So, it was either Curious George, The Producers, or Wedding Crashers, or Bewitched. And I guarantee that Bobby did not see Wedding Crashers, and nobody saw Bewitched.
0: Nobody likes Bewitched. (laughs)
1: I, it's not funny I just think of that uh, family guy when Stewie like watches it <laughs> flies to LA buys a ladder goes up to his house and decks him that's not funny <laughs> Um, couldn't Bobby just work both halves down the middle like hold the, like go clock in for his sign shift and then just go panhandle like both sides down the middle, you double really dip should. your profits. I, I don't know why doesn't Bobby's smarter than this, and it honestly is so simple, I can't see Joseph not thinking of it. Um Bill yeah. as a robot uh street performer is the plot twist we were robbed of. I that might be my <laughs> like favorite moment is Bill doing the robot, because he is just great. Okay. Um Lance Armstrong bl- bracelets, dude. I fucking remember. We all do. I God, I'm so glad we're out of that phase of humanity where we just like, wore our feelings on our wrists. I don't know. Um, they are going to kill that dog with that stupid hoodie. It's Texas. You guys, he's going to die.
0: Yeah, pretty much. He's going to de over. Like, yeah, he's going to dehydrate or get heat stroke or something like that. And just, yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Poor fellow. um, and so I just have the note, so nothing happens, question mark, and we just reha- rehash plots we've seen, like, way too many times? Yeah. This is, I don't know, dude. I I feel like we got Bobby understanding what it meant to be a good worker with life in the fast lane when he was working for Jimmy Wichard, you know? Yeah, 10, ten
0: years ago. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah, and then this happens, and I'm just like, all right, fucking next. Uh, give me your notes, buddy.
0: Um, So I've only got two here, uh, but but you already hit the first one pretty good. It's intentionally distressed clothing seems like the stupidest idea. I understand that fashion and style, like, it's its its own weird subgenre of I'm flashing and flaunting the fact that I can have distressed clothes even though I don't need them, even though I didn't distress them myself. That's the whole point. I want you to think a certain way when you look at me, yada, yada, yada. It's, it's art, you know, when you stop and think about it, fashion is art, and art usually doesn't have to make any sense whatsoever, and if it, if it lets, elicits emotion, then it's doing its job right. For me, distressed clothing, I'm sure with you, just elicits rage. It's like, this is the stupidest idea possible. And for a lot of people, they go, cool, well, the, the people wearing it probably want to get rage out of you, so they're, they're It's this is just, it's working perfectly. It's stupid, it seems incredibly wasteful. Um, I, I, I wish, I wish we could be better about fashion, but it's not, I don't know if you saw this, but just a little current event, we're going to date ourselves here. Like a week ago, I saw somebody buy a microscopic Louis Vuitton handbag for like $10,000. You're never going to be able to use it. It comes with like its own little mic, like little magnifying glass and shit. So you can see the little tiny L's and V's on it. And I'm like, this is the stupidest fucking way to spend your money. Like, yeah. Yeah just beyond idiotic and uh, yeah i don't i wish I'm i with wish you, dude. things were a little I'm bit different you. this is why i want to turn everything into a communist state because then shit like this wouldn't fucking happen you would all wear like weird beige pantsuits and you do all of your work in fucking monotone jumpsuits it'd be fine it'd be great um <laughs>
1: My well, second you know, note I, here. I, I, I want to tangent off that just a touch, man. Like, look at the fucking yeah. Met Gala. That is some of the dumbest shit in the entire world. And we're supposed to think that these people are on, a, what was it, AOC wore that one dress. And don't get me wrong, I really like her for a lot of reasons. But, like, you're there. You're part of the problem. Fuck you. Like, or yeah. or, or or um, did you see uh, Pharrell's little handbag that was like, that picture, of I don't know what they were doing. Uh, Pharrell and somebody else, and they were doing some stupid shit. And, like, I just want to beat them up, and I just want to take their money. Because you don't deserve it. Because these guys are as big of assholes as the assholes that just died in the ocean, and they're telling the, the billionaires, not the immigrants. Let me be clear here. The assholes that died in yes. the sub. You know? And it's all the same. You're all the same pieces of shit. And just because you wrote happy doesn't fucking make you a better person for it. Like, oh, I... Ugh, it just made me rage, dude. Just the rage, and it's like, you know, <laughs> how come no one's taxing you? How come no one is taxing your ass? Yeah, I don't know.
0: Eh, we need to. It's we could rail on this for ages and ages, but instead, I'm gonna I'm gonna shift gears, buddy. Please do. Keep going. We're gonna yeah. rail on something different. We're gonna rail about how much I fucking hate Ronald Reagan. Happy hey, Fourth of hey, July, oh, everybody. Hey, oh. I really. Oh, really oh. do not care for Ronald Reagan.
1: Nancy. Um, now,
0: well he did not... <laughs> oh, mommy. I could oh, be doing mommy. work.
1: Um, Jelly beans.
0: No, so Ronald Reagan did not start this problem, but you know what? He didn't start a lot of problems. He just made a lot of them fucking worse. Uh, with his Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act in 1981, he, spe- he took away federal funding for... Uh, mental health care centers and sped up the deinstitutionalization of all of these people that were getting federally funded, uh, like health care, mental health care, people like spongy, people Mm -hmm. that did not have any other way to get this. Now, this deinstitutionalization started in the 60s, and it started because they basically found out all this empirical evidence that said, hey, locking people up in the hospital is really fucking bad and they're not getting the help they need. We have all of this evidence and all of this data that supports you need to have these people in homes with our other community members, with their families. That is what is actually and legitimately scientifically making them fucking better. It is what is helping. So they shut down all of these loony bins that have been open since the turn of the century and said, cool, you're going home. I'm allowed to call them loony bins. Damn it. I'm getting a fucking master's in this.
1: I didn't say um, anything. I just laughed at your joke. <laughs>
0: Thank you. I thought anyway. Anyway, um, (laughs) we're we're railing. We're railing still. Uh, So it sped up this deinstitutionalization. But the problem is they didn't all of that funding that went for the stuff that at the turn of the century didn't get put back out into the community. It got spread into other projects and everything else. They basically said, cool, we're no longer having these mental health hospitals. We're putting putting people back out into the community. Good luck for trying to find any funding from the federal government to help run these community centers, to help run this in-home care, to try mm-hmm. and help you with any of the shit that we just told you we have to do, because that's what's going to fix everything. So the very few that were still open in the 80s, Reagan basically went, nope, we're going to reappropriate all of the budget for this. And you now have a timer on what, how long this place can be open, because literally you're not getting any more money. Like there's no way for you to keep this place open anymore. guys, institutionalization is it's not the right way to do things in almost every instance, but there are some people that really, really need 24-hour care and unfortunately that number is growing and growing and growing especially the more we're learning about it especially the more things that like like bath salts and fentanyl and a whole shitload of different substances and mass exposure to the internet and everything else that is fucked with our brains and our chemistry so much in the last 20 to 30 years we are all getting to a point now where we cannot hold this um I worked a lot with people that were in crisis, and mental health crisis. It's why I decided to go and get my degree and a master's in the mental health field. And so many of those people were repeat and recidivism people because they had nowhere else to go but our crisis center. They, even the ones that were so severe that we probably should have sent them to Pueblo, which is our state like mental hospital. Mm -hmm. there's no room. There hasn't been any room in Pueblo for 20 fucking years because the people that are there need to be there and they won't get any funding to expand it. They won't get any funding to hire any more people. It's a whole big thing. Needless to say, I'm going to end my rant by saying we talk and talk and talk about supporting mental health and wanting to find the problems to all of or solutions to all of these problems, and yet the second anything comes up to where we all have to pay a little bit of our money to help out our neighbors, we veto the shit out of it, we vote it down, and don't give it any of any other thought of. Well, they just need to fix it with all these magical funds everywhere. You know what? I'm going to reach back to last week's episode and say. We absolutely need to be taxing the ever-loving shit out of our churches, and this is what Christian will should be. It should be hoping opening up uh, centers for the mental health. I'm done with my rant, Mark. You want to give me some pros? You have anything else to say about Ronald Reagan and his f- fucking shit or the deinstitutionalization? You, this is your platform, buddy. It was a um, long, only that... long, No, bit. yeah, no. Holy Thank fuck. you.
1: I, I appreciate your <laughs> rant. Thank you. You're valid. It's nice to not it's be a angry passion. Jane for a change. Um. No, just that you know, capitalism is God's way of showing who's smart and who's dumb. And um, you know, maybe they should have thought about that before they became homeless, huh, Johnny?
0: Maybe. Maybe <laughs> that's the problem asshole. all along. I'm just being an I asshole.
1: Know. Um. Well, you know what? You're so angry. Give me, give me a pro, really quick. Just give me a pro.
0: Sure. No, I'll, I'll get you. I'll give, I'll give you my pros first. How about that?
1: Yeah. 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 yeah,
0: yeah. Um. Joseph hitting himself in the balls. That's always funny. <laughs> like, I don't care who you are, it's always funny you see somebody get hit in the balls. It just is. And him doing it with the, the, the twirly arrow is even better. Uh I appreciate that Bobby being a hipster immediately goes to his head because that is on track with his character, I think. Yep. Um He that that is the thirteen year old in him that is assimilating whatever like new interesting thing is that's around him fuck we all did that we all walked into movies and and just went yep i'm gonna be this main character now like i'm gonna i'm gonna use all of these cool new new little traits and quotes and quips and everything else i'm gonna be this guy until it annoys my parents so much that they say stop it i don't want to hear you say that shit again (laughs) i really appreciate hank's reaction to bobby footing the bill at sugarfoots because (laughs) Oh, damn, is that some good animation. It made me, like, I felt it. I felt it in my soul. And you, this may be, I don't know where this is going to land for you, even even if you noted it or not, but Peggy sticking her head out the window and saying, I see why Lady Bird likes this is so <laughs> yeah. damn wholesome. Yeah, that's pretty cute. <laughs> Those are my pros, buddy.
1: Oh, right on. Um, Hank hates celebrity poker. God, I'm so. Again, this episode is very pop culture reference-y for 2006. Remember it's when we were all crazy machine. about poker? And God, I hate poker. Oh, I never? hate Texas Hold'em. Um, and then like, why? Why do I care? What there's? What they're do? I just I love it. I love that Hank hates it as much as I do. Um, Joseph's self nut shot. Thank you for calling that one out. That's great. Love it. It's great. Um, we had to kick Joseph in the nuts a little bit more often, I think, because that kid needs to be kicked in the nuts quite a bit and sprayed down with the hose even more often. Um, and then finally, uh, where's Bobby? Lady Bird's not gonna wash herself. Finally, something your precious dog can't do. And Peggy just, we're back to Peggy hating Lady Bird, and I'm here for it, that stupid geriatric pork chop. That was it. Those were my pros, all three of them. (laughs) Ah, I see. I see.
0: Well... Let's jump into cons then. Um, you hit this one good, but I'm gonna—I'm just gonna read what I wrote here. How many times have we seen Hank tell Bobby that making his own money will solve his problems? Mm-hmm. You know, this is now a trope. It's an episode trope. Um, yeah, like it started with Life in the Fast Lane. It's—we most recently saw it with businesses picking up. Um, how many other times has Bobby gotten a job and Hank? Just goes well. Yep, you're gonna be able to pay for whatever you want with said job. Like mm-hmm. it, it feels like it happens a lot. It's all about that. Well, I gotta teach you the honest, honest, like honest dollar, or whatever the hell it is. <laughs> I'm tired of seeing it.
1: Um, I, I'm over it, man. I'm just so over it.
0: Yeah, it's a con in here that Bill seems to forget that he basically had a son. His name was Wally, and he did walk all over him. Mm-hmm. <sighs> It's like okay okay you don't want to acknowledge that it's fine it was a weird fever dream um and my last con here the bobby screech is back and i can't stand the bobby screech
1: oh okay there's a little squeal yeah
0: his the bobby squeal like i can't i can't do it uh i want to say in this episode the The one girl says, yeah, that would be cool. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll talk to you or whatever. They're at lunch. And she walks away and he just, like, looks at the camera Jeff Winger style and squeals. And I'm like, no, no more. Okay. Okay. Um, what do you got for cons, man?
1: Um, the, just Dax Shepard and his crew at fucking DGENs. I, I get it. Okay, work sucks, but this is stupid. You're not... I just hate the whole mentality, and it's really kind of where we're at now, and I just hate it. Um, you already beat this point to death. Fuck Ronald Reagan. That's all I'll say about it. He's the charcoal of presidents, and yes, that includes Trump, because at least Trump raised a smoking age, and I am all for that. Um, I know we mark out for costume change. Um, I yeah. kind of think it's funny with Bobby and Joseph in uh, the red, the all red, and everyone just hates on them. And then that yeah. one kid has the line: "Use that arrow to find your butt." It's just the cruelty of teenagers—it'll <laughs> never not be funny to me. But God, dude, those jeans suck, and that's just my personal con. Like, again, I shit kicker pass. Grew up on the prairie for a lot of it. Like, you wear out jeans. Like, when jeans get holy, you just like sew them back together, get them going again. Like, a pair of Wranglers should last you a year. You know. Um. Yeah. Versus those, and they just look like shit. And I just remember, like, I remember trying on pants at Kohl's, and, like, they all had some flaw. And I'm like, can't I just get a pair of blue jeans? But, like, you can't because those are, like, the, like, Levi 501s that, like, your granddad wears and gives you, like, weird fucking genie weenie and does nothing to accentuate your beautiful fucking pert 16-year-old ass. Instead, we get these stupid pants. Um, I don't have a lot to say because, quite frankly, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. I think this episode is 1,000% throwaway. Nothing happens here. There's no good in it. But then, but then, but then, um, it kind of compounds on, like, this is the other side of the coin for business is picking up, where Hank goes and, you know, tells um, whatever his name is. I wanted to say Wes Archer. That's not him. Whatever. Tells Johnny Knoxville, like, oh, you can't do this and whatever. And then he's gonna go beat up some. He's gonna go beat up a kid in his twenties. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's watch Hank get an assault charge. Can is that that's what the show's gonna turn into now? Is like assault charge of the hill, you know? Right. Right. And I just well, and
0: I'm I don't know. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say there's. I'm trying to think of how Hank could get out of an assault charge. And basically, like, yeah, there's a bunch of bystanders that'll basically say this kid was hassling his kid, and he was sticking up for him, and that's. I mean, it's still assault, but at least it's, it's justified. So it's so, a new I mean, cowboy on the block. I was just going through a scenario in my head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just, and I'm not trying to hate. I just, I'm, I, I feel a little bit bad about last week because I was so upset with it, but like, shit. Also, um, sure. I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just missing the point here. How does Hank not have windshield washer fluid in his car? I'm curious about that, too. Um, okay, it's,
0: <laughs> it seemed like a like it seemed like a weird little throwaway line. It's an excuse to get Peggy to stick her head out the window while they're driving.
1: It literally seems like they had to add that joke for runtime because this episode this episode just cuts to it. Just like it ends. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't. it just go. And I guess I'm grateful that it's quick, but still, I don't know. Um, Favorite moments. Um, I've, I've got one here,
0: but before I do, I feel like I should address something that I almost wish I had said at the beginning of this episode. Um, if you guys have listened this far in, then you're going to notice that it's been like half an hour and Mark and I really haven't talked about this episode. That should be uh, an indicator to you of how much we actually gave a shit about it. So I apologize Just if you if you didn't want to listen to us rail on Ronald Reagan for a half an hour and all this other weird shit that we don't like about fashion, there's not a lot of King of the Hill to talk about in this episode. So hopefully we can make up for it in in this. I think I can make up for it in the last half of this. But if you got to this point and you're pissed off that we haven't talked about King of the Hill, I'm sorry. There wasn't a lot to talk about. Um, Yeah. My favorite moment in this episode is Bobby and, and Joseph walking through the halls just going, sup, sup, sup sup
1: mm. when they're cool that's kids. all
0: it was yep when they're the cool kids walking through the hall and they want to make the the second round through and they just i think it's i think it's J- uh, joseph that specifically goes sup 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 and he does it like three really quick right in the like right in the way
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's i mean it's not a huge favorite moment of me but i can remember feeling cool as shit and, and going yeah oh yeah sup sup bro sup 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 it was nice. It was a little nostalgic. I remember.
1: You got a favorite movie, so, buddy? Really quick, just because you made me think about it. I guess this is our episode to remember other episodes of King of the Hill. Um, I far prefer plastic white female Bobby Confidence than this Bobby Confidence, mostly because we get the mm, shrie- okay. stone cold fox. I just. What up? Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, Question mark, question mark, question mark. Joseph getting himself a shot in the pills does not make a good episode uh yeah that's
0: true it's absolutely true well buddy um let's, let's why don't you break down the rating system for us so that we can get on over to the next one
1: yeah 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 sure um our rating system breaks down thusly at the very very bottom is a charcoal charcoal is a failure of an episode it's a bad episode it's a crap episode do not watch this episode Above that is Megalo. Megalo is one step up. It is a real turd of an episode, but inside that turd of an episode are shiny little nuggets of okayness. It's going to get you through it. You're not going to put it on, but if it's on, you might not turn it off. Above that is Butane. Butane is a bastard gas, and this is a bastard of an episode. You love to hate it, and you hate to love it. There's some pretty alright in there. It's really just a silver rank. It's not good, but it's also not bad, and... Whatever, it's down the middle, it's, it's the middle of the road, and sometimes that's all you can hope for. Above that is a Char Charking Char King is an A rank. It is a gold episode. It is a really, really good episode. Hell, I'd even go so far as to say it is a great episode of King of the Hill. Characters are used well, the writing is on point, but maybe there's just something in there that, like, sticks in your craw, or or you couldn't show it to your granddad, and he would appreciate it. What you could show to your granddad and he would appreciate though is a blue flame of valor. This is the best episode of King of the Hill there is. This is S-Rank. This is a, the best episode of TV. Just in the in the annals of television history, like there's, you know, the the episode of MASH where Henry Blake dies in the helicopter. There's the How I Met Your Mother where Marshall's dad dies and it's a weird countdown one. And then there's, you know, a firefighting we will go. You can show it to anybody with zero context and they'll love it. And now I realize that that episode of How I Met Your Mother needs all the context in the world, and that was a bad example, but I don't care, because this is my podcast. Go watch How I Met Your Mother. Join us in eight weeks when Johnny and I do How I Met Your Dangle Mama.
0: Okay, so it's, you really you can sub that in for the Brandon Fraser episodes of Scrubs, specifically the, where do you think we were? Where do you think we are right now? That is a damn good episode. Fuck that episode.
1: <laughs> yes, there you are. Um, yeah, Blue Flame of Valor is our goat, it's the best there is, the best there was, the best will ever be. And with all that being said, because I know that this ain't it. Johnny, what are you giving the Texas Panhandler? Um, it
0: gets a mega coal from me. Okay. Um, this is somewhere. It's not, it's not quite a charcoal <laughs> for me, but it it is almost a charcoal for me so mega coal it is it does not age well in a time where cash is not a thing we do contactless like thing we do contactless shit for everything now so nobody carries cash with them this definitely not in, not in america uh, fake bums suck and most fashion is fucking terrible and it just makes you look like a gigantic asshole um yeah This is, guys, this is not a good episode of King of the Hill. This is why half an hour into the episode, I had to apologize for not talking about King of the Hill. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, it just, that's, that's what it is. This is not good. This is not good. This might, yeah, it's just not good. Mark, what did you (laughs) give it? I'm just going to cycle.
1: It's not good. Yeah, you You're fine, dude. No, because literally all we did was talk about Ronald Reagan, how stupid fashion is, and callbacks to other episodes. No, it's a megalotane. Um, So I'm just going to read you what I wrote. Dot, dot, dot. It's whatever. I made it through it, but man, it's not good. Dot, dot, dot. But to that end, so like one of our qualifiers is, um, to make it a charcoal, is you will turn it off if it's on, right? Yeah. This is such a nothing episode. I can see me having this on in the background while I like clean or something. Okay. So like,
0: it doesn't infuriate you enough to where you would turn it
1: off. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's not last week.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Well, before well, we shit. move on to our next episode, um, I, I did want to throw out here because, you know, homelessness is in fact a, a big damn thing, and it's only getting worse. And they, if you guys are in Colorado specifically, if you're listening to us from Colorado, I, I just figured I would throw up. There's a website out there, an organization called the Coalition, Colorado Coalition for the Homeless. Um, if you're interested, hit Mark up. I can give him the, uh, the email or I can give him the website. Honestly, guys, just look up the, what I just said. Uh, it's coloradocoalition.org. In 2020, they helped over 22,000 people find homes. They've helped, helped hundreds of families. They accept donations. I'm pretty sure you can volunteer with them. Go and be the good in your community and so that you don't have to feel really guilty when Spongy comes up to your car and just makes it a giant fucking mess. Um, if you're in the Denver area, you know that there's hundreds upon thousands of people that need your help. It's only getting worse. So... Do, do like this Fourth of July? Go out and be the patriotic American and the the loving Christian that you know you you want to be, and go and do something for somebody else. Anyway, you're not going to hear this on the Fourth of July. You're going to hear it like a week and a half later. But yeah, like fuck two it. weeks let's later. But it.
1: yeah, on <laughs> like the fourteenth <laughs> or like the I don't know the sixteenth or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but anyway, fuck it. Anyway. Let's uh, let's move on to our next episode, Mark. Do let's. All right. This is. Drumroll, please. Episode 200. 200, Mark. We're on 200. Jesus and it's probably one of the most divisive episodes in King of the Hill fandom history. And it's only going to get more divisive today. This is episode 200, Hank's Bully. Uh, original air date, May 7th, 2006. This is written by J.B. Cook. I know we saw him this season. Mark, where did we see J.B. Cook last?
1: Oh, we call him out all the time. And isn't it ironic that I didn't write it down this time because I was like, oh, shit, we're finally here to this episode written by J.B. Cook. Um, We just saw him in uh The Year of Washing Dangerously, so we're still mad at him. Dr. Um,
0: Quotas, yes. Also
1: saw him in Mrs. Wakefield, which I really liked that <laughs> one. Um, We also saw him in Dale Tech, so, like... <sighs> J.B. Cook yeah. is, our, every time he comes up, and Meg Lodell, every time he comes up, he is our most hit-or-miss divisive writer. Um, again, I think, yeah, so next week, guys, it'll be our season 10 into 11 break, and I think Johnny and I are going to take, like, a 20-minute segment to break down our core writing staff and rate them. Because at this point, like, we, I think we can say that... Uh, I think that season 10 was our division of good King of the Hill versus bad King of the Hill, because it's been a lot more bad this season. Um, well, but, when the bad
0: is really bad. Yes, You know, yes, It yes. wasn't just kind of bad like season 9, where I was like, oh, this isn't very fun. No, it's, when it's bad, it's bad.
1: But then you also get things like um, the portrait of the artist as a young clown. or um, Yeah? Yeah, you know, things like that. And so it's hard, you know what I mean? It's just... It's hard.
0: <laughs> you said hard. And I set a <laughs> cast of characters this week is Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dottrieve, Boomhauer, Caleb, Jim, Lila, Nancy Gribble, Con, and Min, Suba in non-speaking roles, and just named two police officers. They don't give them names. Uh, I did notice it is not Fred Willard, which is seems, seems strange. Seems like a perfect place to shoehorn him in. Um... We recently saw uh, the voice actor for Jim, Scott Clace. Uh I don't. It was it, sometime this season, but he's uh, he's the guy who plays Mankiewicz on Bosch on the TV show Bosch. Yeah, yeah. Um, we just
1: talked about him not too long ago.
0: Not too long ago. Uh, Caleb is played by Paul Butcher. Um, he does a bunch of voiceover stuff and everything else. Um, he i think he'll turn 30 this year or 30 next year or something 30 next year so he's still pretty young um but most people would know him as uh oh god what's her name jamie lynn spears's brother on zoe 101 so britney spears's little sister had a tv show on nickelodeon called zoe 101 and this kid played her little brother
1: Eat your biggest bowl of member berries ever, kids. And then they fired her because she yeah. got pregnant at 16.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're talk- they're talking about doing a reboot or some shit. I'd be interested to see if he's going to come back. Uh, but that was where I saw he got his biggest break. Uh, oddly enough, he also did English voiceover work for Studio Ghibli when it came out. And in- this is after... Um, what's his what's his face at Pixar really like just made best friends with Hayao Miyazaki and got the rights to all of the English dubs and oh, recut okay. all of that stuff uh Lassiter, John Lasseter um okay so yeah like it's so he did some some voiceover work just like uh, our character who played A- Amy in last episode which I thought was interesting um yeah and then Lila Lila is voiced by one of the 90s most beloved talk show hosts Mark Ricky Lake it is Ricky Lake.
1: <laughs> I loved Ricky Lake. I used to watch Ricky Lake all the damn time on daytime television. I had the So did I. Dude, I had the biggest crush on Ricky Lake. I don't mind telling you. I don't know what I don't know what my problem was when I was like 13, 14, but like Man. I thought Ricky Lake was like the pinnacle of like feminine beauty. I don't I don't know. So on the scales
0: of, of something like, you know, you got Oprah on one side, which is like super pious, high and mighty, where this is what, what everybody really wishes they were watching um because it makes you feel all good and warm inside, to Jerry Springer, which is like the trashiest of trash. Ricky Lake straddled like the middle of that. um Definitely leaned more towards the Jerry Springer side most times, but yeah, like... It, 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 watching the Ricky Lake show just made you feel like, like you got your trash TV in, but you had a better taste in your mouth at the end.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Synopsis for this week. <laughs> Synopsis for this week. <laughs> New neighbors on Rainy Street mean Hank's hospitality is put to the test. We get the rare Dale-Peggy team up and a glimpse into the wonderful world of artistic taxidermy. A story, Hank and Caleb, B story, Dale and Peggy... Let's jump into some notes. And I know I'm going I'm to need you to go first, buddy, because I've got a bunch.
1: Thank you. And Thank you. There's
0: one in yeah. here that I am so fucking excited to tell you about. It is like the best Internet rabbit hole I have found in ages. Ever awesome, since I man. gave up Reddit for my class, like this has been the most entertaining thing I have found. <laughs> Sweet. So go ahead. Go, go for it, man. Go for it.
1: Yeah. My first note is, OK, we're here. We're to this one. Maybe the most hated episode of King of the Hill. Um, You and I have called it out as it is on the horizon and have been cautiously pessimistic about it. And I just want to point out here, this is a retrospective rewatch to to see if we still like King of the Hill. This isn't what Reddit says. This isn't what the community says. This isn't what YouTube critics, the truest bums and degens of all, have to say about it. (laughs) This is what is up to you and I. Pitter-patter, baby. Number one. Peggy once again is getting into alt art, and I am here for it. The last time we saw it was say, <laughs> say, and King of the Hill with the Probots. I'm into it. I love yes. Peggy as an artist. I think it is amazing. Peggy, Peggy is the
0: artist is really good. That yes. should have been her job.
1: Whereas we miss Hank uh, missing his calling, or we get Hank missing his calling as a teacher. Peggy missed her calling as just an artist. Yes. Okay. Is Caleb a bastard, or is it just Hank's inability to put up with him? Why am I trying so hard this week question mark <laughs> This ep- <laughs> I have so many notes I I am floored by how many notes I have um, I'm glad this ep- This episode is what will happen in the reboot. Hank will respond in Hank fashion and then be chastised for it. That's why we hate it as a community, because this is a modern-day King of the Hill plot. This isn't Kane Scroderberg when he can shoot a kid with a paintball gun and get away with it. Hank can't beat up a 10-year-old. Like, and then when he does, he's not allowed to because Hank is stuck in whatever fucking Ronald Reaganville 1980s mentality. Like, he just can't do it. Right. Are you going to talk about Kelly Slater? Is that your rabbit hole?
0: No, no, not at all. But I'm glad you brought him up because that is, to me, that's almost a retro rage because is Kelly Slater even still a thing anymore? Like, is that dude alive?
1: Oh, dude. Oh, my God. Here we go. Um, Kelly Slater. This is um, I'm taking this off the Wikipedia. Well, and this is what I also wrote. Kelly Slater is widely regarded as the greatest surfer of all time. He holds a record 11 World Surf League titles, 56 championships, and was honored in 2010 by the House of Representatives for, quote, outstanding and unprecedented achievement in the world of surfing being an ambassador of the sport and an excellent role model. Johnny Kelly Slater seems like the coolest dude I've never met. And just this last year, as of <laughs> five days ago, I as of right now, five days ago, I read this article. He literally just cheated death by not dying from what people thought was a severe case of spinal meningitis. He missed the World Surf Championships in Rio because he was so sick. Oh, and damn. that dude pulled out, and he is still alive. He is still surfing. He is like the Tony Hawk of surfing. Like... Kelly Slater is insane. He is also a dude. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly Slater. No, it's cool. No, because you know what? This is okay. So that little bit right there is what makes this a good King of the Hill episode, because it has a reference, a throwaway reference to somebody and it'll make you go, who the fuck is Kelly Slater? And if you're like me and if you're like you and I know we both are, you're going to look at the name Kelly Slater. And you're going to learn a little bit something about it. And so, like, it's honestly to me, it's Mike Judge backdooring his heroes into a show. And I think that's so great. Or it's uh, J.B. Cook doing it. I don't, I don't know who decided to add Kelly Slater. I don't care. But that dude is an amazing guy. He's a huge environmentalist. Like, he is literally the hero that we deserve in professional sports.
0: Oh, absolutely. Hey, you and I have a friend who lives in Hawaii, and I'm sure that hopefully at some point they will get a chance to meet Kelly Slater. And if so, I want a picture.
1: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But I also hope not because he looks just like the porn star Johnny Sins. And I'd be like, Chelsea, why are you hanging out with Johnny (laughs) Sins and you didn't tell me?
0: That would be so much cooler. She needs to meet both of them. That's just what needs to happen gross
1: um <laughs> i bitched in business is picking up about how hank needed to be shown what a good kid bobby was by joseph fuckery versus this one <laughs> where hank realized where hank knows that bobby is a good kid and then he uses that good kid bobby and unleashes his level 100 bobazard to terrorize the asshat parents and i think that's great <laughs>
0: I love how he he like he, he basically prefaces it at the end, or not prefaces it then, uh, but he gives him that speech at the end that says, I know that this is in direct, like, conflict with everything I have always raised you, like, towards. Like, I, I'm acknowledging that any other time I would have reamed your ass for this, but I really need your help
1: now. <laughs> I also like how Bobby just, he can tap into this so easily. He just does it just like, all right, cool. Like, (laughs) a tisket, a tasket, there goes your basket. Shitty rhyme. Shoulder checks the trash can. Then does the 540 (laughs) flip-off. Grabs, um, what's the, grabs the dad's hat. I can't think of the dad's name. (laughs) Jim. Jim, thank you. What's in the super soaker, Bobby? That's for me to know and Jim to find out. (laughs) Just, he is, just (laughs) instantly is able to kick in the evil. And I am, like, amazed by it. I, I. I am amazed by it. Um, give me your notes, buddy.
0: Um, so you hit the first one here. Between this and Wakefield, we have our forerunners, our front runners for most hated episodes for by the King of the Hill community. I can tell you um, a little bit right now, guys, spoilers. I fucking hate Wakefield, and I do not hate this episode. So for me personally, Wakefield's probably going to be my most hated episode for this entire series, uh, at least as it stands right now. Okay. Um... I've got some other notes here, and I'm going to save my really cool shit for the end. Cool. How would I actually deal with this? Mark, I want you I want you to posit, how would Johnny actually deal with this? Because I can tell the world right now, Mark, if Mark encountered a child like this, there would not be words. This kid would leave him alone because Mark would sit there and stare at them with very large, wide eyes and about the largest flaring nostrils you've ever fucking seen. Um the the Greek terror is what he would be known as throughout the neighborhood that day and that kid wouldn't even think twice to come on your lawn or to screw in your screw around in your um in your car hole. Just, now how would Johnny deal with this? I want you to tell me.
1: I'm just imagining me as Harrison Ford. Hang on a minute. I'm not done scaring him yet.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exa- yep. That's exactly what you would do. You would just no words needed. It would just be nope. You get you you get in scary imposition, and no one would fuck with you. Now I can't do that. That's just not me. I, I've never been built that way. You have kind eyes. So how? I need you to tell tell the world how I would deal with something like this.
1: I honestly imagine you would just kind of like reverse. Okay, so number one, I know that you right now would like try and find common ground with the kid because you know a little bit more about like I don't want to say it's not interrogation tactics. It's Jesus Christ, you know, a little bit about like communication and like, you know, meeting people on their own level. And you told me that you had some challenging, like early adolescent clients. So probably something yeah. like that. shy therapizing, something like that. Or you'd stick a green bean up your nose and make a friend.
0: Yeah, probably a combination of the both, to be honest. <laughs> um, okay. So I found a better way to solve the problem with Hank stealing the kid's bike. Because it's still going to end up with Hank stealing the kid's bike. But what he needs to do is look at Caleb and say, you need to go get your parents right now because they need to talk to me about this. If by Hank saying that, then he is forcing Caleb to go get his parents and forcing them to come over and say, "Okay, you need to look and see what he did to my lawn. You need to see that this is not acceptable anymore and he can have his bike back. But I'm giving it to you to give to him that way. It's like there's no need to call the cops Um, if Caleb doesn't say anything and then they finally go, well, where's, where's his bike? Where's his bike? Hank could say, nope, I told you to go and get your parents. And if you don't, I'm going to go and get them myself. You know, take charge. Come on, Hank, be the bigger, smarter human that you know you are. He's a 10 year old for Christ's sake. Well, Um, but now
1: he did try to talk to him and then Jim and Lila just came back with, oh, he's just so spirited. That's his way of showing you that he likes you. Like. Jim and no, we he can, did, be, but we can just... be clear here and say that Jim and Lila are the true villains. Caleb is just a product of his environment.
0: Oh, he absolutely is. But when you bring them over and you say, no, he is literally digging divots into my lawn. It's right there. I am not cool with this. I can lay the, the border right there and just say, I want to be friends with you. And I want to be able to like make this whole thing work in our neighborhood. But this is unacceptable. Okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. That's how I would fix it. Um, and then two more questions before I get to my fun thing here. Yep. First one, Mark, what were the Megalo guys going to do to Caleb? Because I have to imagine they're just basically going to try and home invade him. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, are, are we getting, are we getting like rubber masks? Are we getting fake weapons? Um, are we getting voice modulators and changers? Or some Some melange mixture of all three?
1: I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're going to, the visitors, him, um,
0: <laughs> I, I just, you know I what, almost, you know what? I,
1: I just like to, <laughs> I like to imagine that they're just going to Kane Scrodeburg it and just like continually assault this kid and this kid's house with paintball guns. Interesting.
0: Okay. As I say, I almost want them to, to Gomer pile him from a uh, full metal jacket and just like Hold him down, and so that he can't scream, and just beat the shit out of him with, you know, <laughs> bars of soap and tube kid. socks.
1: You can't, you can't you know, blanket party a ten-year-old kid. You're not the kids in my fifth grade you class. Can. Come on, dude.
0: I'm sure our listeners here want to see Caleb get blanket partied. I, I, I think they would. They would support me in this. Uh, also, my last question here: What is in Bobby's super soaker? Because I'm gonna say it is barbecue sauce.
1: Oh, a very
0: watery barbecue sauce.
1: Alright, I took uh, Dr. Pepper or Coke. Okay, you went the soda route. I All reckon right. it was soda because, like, it's going to be sticky, it's going to be hard to get out, and it's going to be, it's also brown. So it's like, you know, it's a darker color. It's going to be tougher to mess with.
0: Mm, okay. Okay. Alright. Um, I, I am, am sending ready for your you, rabbit hole. I am sending you a link on Discord for I'm uh, a good way there. to spend funds. <laughs> it's a good way to spend funds. Holy shit, dude. Guys, in case you were curious, and if you want a link to, I'll make Mark put it up on the Twitter. There's a place called the Taxidermy Store. You can buy <laughs> taxidermied mounted animals. Now, you can buy the traditional ones. You can get your, you, you know, you can get your antlers, your, your deer skulls. You can get your waterfowl that's been, you know, that looks all nice and majestic and shit. You can also get a gray squirrel that is uh playing the drums and he's got a little tiny mohawk and you can get, um, Oh God, I, I went through a whole bunch of those in there. There is like tactical gear rats and cowboy muskrats or like ferrets. And guys, it's literally what Peggy and Dale are doing. You could buy real ones of these and they're not super expensive. Now I tried to convince my wife to let me spend almost $500 on this little guy you're seeing here, Mark, but she wouldn't go (laughs) for it. But I'm just saying there's got to be some great shit in there. Guys, there is absolutely a market for taxidermy, especially artistic taxidermy, and you should be checking it out. It is so much fun. I spent like an hour and a half just looking at random crap. You can get a stuffed grizzly bear ass for like $700. Just the ass. Just like you just put it up on the wall. <laughs> I want a stuffed grizzly ass. You know what? You tell me that you they've got cougars, buddy. You want a big cougar ass?
1: There you Not go. Not for. Oh, I was. Oh, I'm looking at a, a full body mount, and it's uh, fourteen thousand nine hundred ninety five dollars. I'm like, no, no, I don't, because that's more money than I have right now. So
0: there is a two thousand dollar setup of three raccoons playing poker, and holy shit, have I never ever wanted something more in my life. It is I, just incredible.
1: I'm all about taxidermy. My granddad was a big hunter, so I grew up with this stuff. But like, right? God damn, dude! Some of this is I can't, I can't, I just can't see anybody.
0: <laughs> well, there's a lot of uh, very, very pro military, very pro America, liberty, patriotism stuff in there. So I have to imagine anything we buy from this site is probably going into the pockets of a white supremacist. But I don't know.
1: Polar bear half-life size taxidermy mount, $22,495.50. But, 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 it's marked down from 24995 Jesus Christ.
0: Hey, that's only going to go up in value when you consider that there's only like four fucking polar bears left in the wild.
1: Yeah, well, they should have thought about that before global <laughs> warming happened, huh?
0: See my vest, see my vest. I'm really surprised you can't buy a gorilla chest vest in there. Um, Mark, let's get to pros because otherwise you're going to spend an hour and that's all this is, this podcast is going to be is you looking at taxidermy with me. Can I uh, borrow
1: $10,000 for a polar bear school? Yes. Sweet. Thanks, homie. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, check it out. Taxidermy's cool. I don't care. Sure, hunting, yeah, whatever. I don't know. Trophy hunting's gross. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Whatever the fuck. I don't care. Taxidermy's cool, you guys. It's a, it's an art form. It's cool. And quite frankly, if you don't think it is, um, look up taxidermy on Reddit, and you'll get that one of the derp-ass lion when they just used to stuff it full of... Yeah. Um, I forget the guy's name. Um, There was a taxidermist and professional hunter, and he was the first one to start using wires to make a... um. Um, to make a, a skeleton for his mounts. And before this, right. you just stuffed it full of sawdust. And instead, he, like, took the time to, like, very clean, you know, very, like, you know, is what Dale says, you know, boiled stuff, clean and filled with surgical cotton. But, like, right, um, this dude, like, actually did it. And I forget the statistic, but if you go to a museum on the East Coast, you're probably looking at one of his pieces. And he was from the 1800s. And he was, like, the father of modern taxidermy. And before that, it was just, here's a bag of animal skin. We're going to stuff it full of crap, and it's going to look terrible. And he's like, Why is not look hope that And hope it retains way. its shape. <laughs> yeah. I just always think that, like, super derp lion from, like, the 1500s, that was, like, in some French court or something.
0: Right. I know which yeah. one you're talking about.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, like, I, I think taxidermy is super cool. My brother got into it for a while, and he's pretty good at it, but... Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, needless to say, guys, um, if it's not in Mark's pros, it definitely is in mine. How much I fucking loved the B story for this week.
1: <laughs> I'm really gonna need you to stop reading my goddamn plot or my goddamn script, <laughs> Johnny. No, you're good. You're good. Give me your pros, damn it! I asked you like five minutes ago. Oh, I'm sorry, I was horned up for taxidermy. Um, I love this B plot. <laughs> First note, <laughs> it's fresh. We get to see Peggy and Dale palling around once again. Not since I don't. I'm gonna need your help a little bit. The pool crashing episode. I want to say it was good, Buck, but I don't think that's right. Um, it's, no,
0: it's not good, Buck. Um, it's, it's a different I can,
1: one. I but cannot yeah, it's, remember it's her, to save my life. Dale it's and her, Bobby. Yeah, cannot remember. Um, f- or 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 Full Metal Dust. F- mm-hmm. Full Metal Dust jacket. This is a yes. good B plot. It does nothing to further the story of the A-plot. It distracts from the irritant of the A-plot. It's a good palate cleanser for the A-plot, because otherwise it's just Hank being abused by a child and Hank's inability to, you know, assault a minor. Instead, you get this, and it's a great breakup. Dale and Peggy are supportive of each other, um... It's that bit, and we talk about like when did Dale and Peggy start palling around? This is a really good Dale and Peggy palling around episode, and and yeah. I like that they don't win. I like that they don't win because they had to take it just a bit too far because of Peggy's hubris, and then they ruined the entire taxidermy, yep. the entire taxidermy competition. I, I god, think this might be must have come off of that. Yeah, man. Oh god. It, <laughs> oh god. Surgical cotton and burnt fur. Fuck. Um. <laughs> ugh. Um. I think, I I, I honestly, between this and um, the Bill DeBetrove presents a series of Disney films when he's tied to a hot air balloon chair, I don't know which one is my favorite B-plot. Okay. I don't know which one is my favorite B-plot, but this one is, this is top ten. This is top five, honestly. This is, (laughs) love this B-plot. Dale
0: in his dale in the knights of stupidity is one of mine Mm. and his cower before me soft shells because that's that's also up there is like top tier echelon wow
1: yeah it's so so good (laughs) such a good b plot i love it um caleb's voice actor is great i okay i get it like He's the most obnoxious character ever. all right cool. I want to punch him. I want to like assault this minor. Yeah. But then the way that he's played by Paul Butcher who was 11 when this was recorded. Um
0: <laughs> white shirt, white shirt. How'd you get your shirt so white? White shirt. Yeah, just that. Just like
1: <laughs> Yeah. It's and a I'm really weird glad that too. Yeah, and I'm glad that they got a child actor to do it because sure, you could get like Pamela Adlin to do it, you maybe get Lauren Tom to do it. I'm sure Lauren Tom can pitch a pain in the ass ten year old boy, but like no, instead you get an eleven year old kid to do it, and it just there's an authenticity in there. It's not Tara Strong doing it. Like I'm all about it. Um, again, please stop reading my fucking script. I kind of like Kayla's bullying. Dot dot dot. White sure. shirt. It's. <laughs> <laughs> um what is caleb's greatest sin johnny it's that little red ball and what's he doing he's whacking it <laughs> whacking <laughs> whacking it <laughs> and then i think about it like i would love i wouldn't love to watch but like this would be a funnier episode if it was like <laughs> hank keeps catching joseph beating it in the shit or something <laughs> I don't uh, I don't want to see that. That's an episode I don't want to see, but I would I'd be there for it. Um I really what are you like do it in here, dude. Hank, <laughs> <Hey, laughs> you think she's gonna like me? <laughs> um Bill's um I really like Bill's support of Hank. Um just throughout really so like Mrs. Wakefield, you got really heated because everybody instantly turns on Hank. Um, racist dog, yes. everybody instantly turns on Hank. For Christ's sake, Stroop organizes yes. a prayer circle to come out and sing we're all Jesus' children or whatever the fuck. Instead, like, nobody really cares, nobody really does anything about this, but, like, Bill is just there and supportive and, like, hey, we're out here, He's we're like, doing this. He's like, I've been
0: through this before.
1: <laughs> yeah. that That's your bully stain, Hank. Like, number one, when was Bill bullied? Because, I I mean, outside of his daddy, who made him wear pretty, pretty dresses, among other things, but, like, Bastard. A dad isn't a bully most of the time, but, like, I, I, I guess when was Bill bullied, I don't care, because I can see, I, I like to imagine he gets bullied quite a bit in the army right now, like, I like to oh, imagine, probably. like, there's a general that, like, walks in and, like, just, like, pushes over his, like, jar of combs and barbicide What's the matter, Doe trees? Cut hair much? Like, that'd be kind of anything like that, but like I just like Bill's support of Hank. All the go- everybody's just generally there, but they don't really care, but Bill is there. Bill is being a really good friend. And it's cool to see Bill be a good friend and not a pantload. Um Yes. Uh three deaf kids crossed here and not a single damn deer. That I laughed way too hard at that <laughs> line. <laughs> Cause I think Dale's mad that he didn't see a deaf kid get splattered. I don't I'm not really sure. <laughs> yeah. And then finally, we kind of already beat this to death, but Bobby's bullying. I really like how Bobby bullies. He's really, really good at it. And I also like to imagine that, like, you know, he's been on the receiving end of some of it, so he knows what the lines are, you know?
0: Mm -hmm. He's
1: not going to, like, run up and, like, bean dip a gym or something and call him, like, (laughs) booby gym or, like, I I don't know, anything else. But I, I just like it. I like Bobby a lot. I like getting to see the the terrible child that resides in him that Hank allows to run wild. It's great. It's it's so Oh yeah. I am mad. I'm not mad. I'm just I am impressed at how charmed I was by this episode. And I don't know if it was because we just watched Panhandler and washing dangerously and all that shit last week, but like, whew, what a what a breath of fresh air. What do you got, buddy? I've been talking for a minute. I'm sorry.
0: No, you're good, you're good. Um I realized looking over my pros here that very few of them are about the A plots Um, so we'll just, we'll go on through them. Um, how expensive can the fees be really for discarding animals at the dump? Like, uh, we all know that Dale is a cheapskate, but oh, that, that just poor Nancy, poor freaking Nancy, like opening it up to find all sorts of weird dead isms that still, the only reason they're still in the fridge is because they still have their innards in them, you know? So it's not like they're clean. It's not like they're cleaner than Bill. Um, no, they're still gross. And so we get not one, not two, but three because comedy comes in threes. Everybody, the foil goose being the, being an actual goose is one of the funniest things I have seen this show do because it is such a good, like misdirection that everybody recognizes. Oh, look, you went to a fancy place and got your takeout, could like takeout stuff done like a, in a little goose. It's just so good. And that being the third one is so, so funny. Um, I really like Bill joining in on on keeping on playing keep away with Hank's hat, because he is being a dickhead for a second, and then Hank immediately calls him out and just goes, "I don't know, it was infectious. I'm just having fun, like I wasn't trying to be an asshole. Just to, just having fun." And as Bill should, they do that shit to him all the time. Like somebody has to. You guarantee that 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 Dale and Boomhauer are doing that sort of stuff to Bill all the time. My last pro here. Is the banner at the very end of the episode when um, Peggy and Dale are at the competition? It says "Welcome Gutters and Stuffers," and <laughs> I, I just—that is the best, most horrifying way to greet someone, and it made me so happy. Little little things in the background. This is this is such a weird episode to love.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if it? I
0: love it, but it is it is something different this is this is different than anything else we've seen this season like so much different um yeah i don't have a lot of pros here but i i i guess a couple of cons and i'm gonna jump right into them please i hate how many kids i know that or knew i guess i don't know a lot of kids now that are like this but i knew a lot of kids that were just like caleb That were just like, oh no, I'm just going to be obnoxious and I'm not going to listen to anybody. It doesn't matter if you're an adult, doesn't matter if you're another kid. Like as a little kid who had a, had pretty strict parents that were like, no, you cut your shit out right now. Like you behave having to be around kids like that at daycare, like used to piss me off to no end. I'm like, nope, I don't like you. Don't want to be friends with you. You're like a weird, obnoxious little kid that I just, I want to hurt and I know I can hurt, but I will get in trouble for it. So I just did my best to avoid them. Um, but it's it's a personal con because it's like almost like trauma sense memory because I knew a lot of kids like this growing up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which I think speaks to how well they wrote Caleb. Um, we have another Hank trope that I have come to realize. Basically, anytime Hank interacts with the cops, uh, he's like their biggest proponent, and yet they're always constantly shitting on him. Every yeah. time the cops show up in the show they take yeah. the other person's side and it happens a lot like let's see it happened in Lupe's revenge it happened in the Willy now Debus now L- hang Lane on episode, let's let, really Luke quick I'm gonna flag
1: that play buddy I'm sorry Hank got sexually assaulted in Lupe's revenge <laughs> he, no
0: he did he did um I'm trying to think here of all new the other cowboy times the on cops the block have shown up um you know yeah. Like they just they don't do
1: anything for him. Yeah.
0: Hank is almost always the the, the sense of menace. Um they when they sh- I think doesn't he call the cops um with uh I, I wanna say Visosa, but it's not Visosa. It's the the paleontology doctor that digs up his lawn. Doesn't oh, he call Dr. the cops Lerner. there and they basically just say, Yeah, learner, thank you. wow, fuck yeah, thank you. Yep. Um I'm pretty sure he calls the cops there and they basically say, Yeah, he's got permits. Doesn't matter. Mhm. Like there's all sorts of shit, but it's, it's... Uh, high high anxiety
1: hey. between um, Peyton the, yep. and yeah and the, the other Ranger, and it's like, wait a minute, you guys are shit cops, like yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So the ineptitude of of Texas cops is is very much there. Um, yeah, so those are my those are my cons. Okay. I, I'm kind okay. of tired of seeing the, the the cops be a force of menace in Hank's life. There's plenty of other forces of menace. I know we haven't even watched the one where they think he's a, a car bomber, so mm, mm-hmm. eh, we'll get there, but it's, I mean, it's not going anywhere anytime soon, so uh, what cons do you got for me, buddy?
1: Um, Some cons. Caleb sucks because he's a 10-year-old. That's, that's it. That's the menace. Dude, like, his parents probably should have smacked him, but he's 10. Like, He's 10. Like, he's a 10-year-old kid. And it's like you're saying, the writing is genius because literally this is Hank's greatest foil. There's two people in this series he can't kick their ass. It's Mrs. Wakefield and it's Caleb. And, like, yeah, it's impressive, man. I just, just that, like, how do you take all the power out of Hank? Just throw a kid at him. He can't do shit for it. Like A kid um, or an old lady. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Like, it's, it's impressive. Um... There's no way that Caleb is that good with the ball and paddle. Nobody was except for Hedy Lamar. I'm just thinking of Blazing Saddles when he hand these out to the men in lieu of pay and like Mel Brooks can't get it. Ah, mine's broken and he picks it up and starts like pop 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 pop. Always get a warped one. (laughs) I just I that was the first thing I thought It's like nobody's that good with a ball and paddle, dude. That doesn't exist. Um Caleb's parents are the problem, and we are beaten over the head with the dichotomy of parenting styles. So, they're like, ignore him, laissez-faire bullshit, versus, no, Bobby, you can't flip your burger because you fucked up your pancake. Like, literally the (laughs) (laughs) handholdiest of all things, versus total nothing at all. And whatever, I I understand we need to, and then even Hank coming out with, you know, right before he releases, level 100 Babazard, and... This goes against everything we taught you. I'm gonna keep calling him Bob Azard. I'm sorry. Um, You're good. You probably you already brought this up, but I'll just do it again. Arlen cuffs super suck. And am I imagining it, or was Fred Wheeler just not a cop that much? He's a he's like reoccurring though later seasons, right? I know there's the yeah, one well, where him and Bobby will... do a ride along. The 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 Bazooms one. That's where, the Hooters where, one. Yeah. 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 That one. I know he's in there. I swear to God, he's in Sir Punt. I And I don't remember. These are all late season King of the Hill, and I'd already pretty much fallen off the watch wagon. But I I don't know. I just, I swore we saw Fred Willard more, and it's kind of a con that he's not the cop this time. They're really good about reoccurring characters here in the show, and they're, they're not this time. Instead, it's Toby Huss. I think for both cops, it's Toby yeah. Huss. But whatever. He needed to make his money and... Khan got to me lines last week about, you know, it brings shame. <laughs> <laughs> you may not know this being redneck, but uh, begging brings shame upon your family. Um, my final note, or my final con. fuck, I think this is a Charking, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay. Um, favorite moments, buddy?
0: I have one in here. And it's Peggy going. What the hell is that? Half a groundhog. <laughs> <laughs> you got two. You got two groundhogs, and what the hell is that? It's half a groundhog. <laughs> Sorry, I needed the full line there for you. Thank you, thank you. Because <laughs> it, it, it's so like it's it's not unexpected, but Dale seems so ashamed that he could only get half of it. Yeah. Yeah. What about yeah, you, like, buddy?
1: Dale failed. Um... I didn't write a favorite moment, but I know what they are. There's so many in here. Bobby's bullying montage, um, Bill's general support of Hank. Um, And then I like Peggy signing up for the taxidermy show with Dale, and they go, that's not going to win. That was last year's winner, and Dale goes, wow, there's a lot more than pipe cleaner keeping that thing upright. (laughs) Yep. And it's that uh, giant grizzly bear. Hey, really quick, I don't know if I'm making up a false memory, but I swear to God, somebody somewhere did a taxidermy episode, and there was a panda bear, and they talk about, did they kill that panda? No, um, it's a brown bear, and they bleached the top half. Or it was a black bear, and they just bleached the top half <laughs> white. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, no, but that sounds great. I don't. I have no idea. I want to say Parks and Rec or something, but like there's a taxidermy panda bear, and somebody's like, oh my god, you killed a panda? Oh no, that's a black bear. They just bleached the top half. But I... It kept sticking with I swore it was in this episode, and I don't unless I super missed it, but I don't think I did. And I now no, I don't know. No, it's not in this. Listeners, help mark out because I only have a perfect encyclopedic knowledge of King of the Hill. It's true.
0: It's true, and even then, that's fleeting at
1: best. Um, what what do you got for favorite moments, buddy? I'm sorry.
0: No, just a half a groundhog, man. So I think we're we're all oh, ready to, yeah. to to our rating, man.
1: Jesus you want to go first? Christ. You want me to go first? You go first, yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, um, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna read what I wrote verbatim. I gave Hank's bully a charking. Oh, I didn't fuck. think this is where we would end. However, <laughs> this is pretty dang original. It's watchable, and damn if Caleb isn't a great in all caps bully. <laughs> Guys, this was not what I expected when I watched these this week's episodes. Um, I. Uh, This episode gets quoted in my house probably once a week. My wife really enjoys saying dusty old bones full of green dust because it's stupid and weird and infectious. And and she knows that my love of King of the Hill means that she is connecting with me on that personal level level. So any chance she gets, she will interject that into some sort of conversation. I did not really care for this episode before this watching. And honestly, this is my like shining star of season 10 so far. I really, really, maybe, and maybe it's because of how much, how much like weird energy the entire King of the Hill community has around this episode, but Hey, I'm, I'm throwing it out there. You all have a problem with it. Then debate me on any of any of the claims I just made. It is very original. I haven't watched a sitcom where this, this happens in a very long time, if ever, This is very watchable. It still holds up today because 10-year-old kids are still pieces of shit. And Caleb is one of Hank's, if not his greatest, bully. Like, out of everybody who bullies him throughout this entire series, Caleb does more in one episode than Cotton does in the first four seasons.
1: Yeah. I Best villain, I would say. Hank's best (laughs) villain is is a 10-year-old kid, and it is such bullshit. I... (laughs) <laughs> like <sighs> you want you don't want that to be the case but it is it just is um
0: mark what did you give this guy
1: um it's a char king. <laughs> fuck. We really imperialed this, didn't we? What the fuck is wrong with this? This is the most hated episode of King of the <laughs> Hill ever written. We both loved it so fucking much. They're going to cancel us for this. I'm sure they're going to like backdoor cancel us for this episode. I'm sure. Um, I'm going to read you what I wrote. This is a really solid episode. We get Hank being a victim, unlike but unlike Race's dog or Wakefield, the block does an insta-turn on him. It is resolved well yes. by Hank using Bobby to solve the problem. I like the guys. I like Bill's support. I like the Dale and Peggy B plot. Fuck this episode, dot, dot, dot. I love it. And I also watched <laughs> this twice just to be sure. And dude, I am 100% sure this is a Char King.
0: Oh, that makes me so happy. That's validation right there. You and I, we, like, it's not like we've, we've been fighting each other for the last season, but I feel like we have been on different tracks for different episodes. It is really nice to come together in one that we both really just genuinely liked.
1: Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean yeah, like who'd have thought who would have thought this was the one that did it? I am I am I am I don't know if I'm upset or what I am like I'm looking back at our ratings. I charcoaled, um, church hopping, you bukinged kinged it. I megalode, Hank fixes everything, you butaned it. You butaned the year of washing dangerously, I megalode it, like the beginning started off pretty pretty passe, um Two tanes up until um Bobby the Clown or, or, or Portrait of the Artist as a young clown and we um Imperialed it like so hey if nothing else dude we got two Imperials in season ten. That's pretty okay. great. And I can guarantee that we're not gonna Imperial fucking edumicating lucky.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know if we're we're gonna charcoal it, but I don't I can I can pretty much guarantee it won't be an Imperial.
1: Wow, what a Listeners, do you feel like I feel? Cause what the hell is going on here? What is Johnny? What is going on? I, this epi- like we have, we have talked shit about this episode since we started this episode. Like, what is going on? Is you and I are taking
0: an unbiased retrospective rewatch lens at this at this show, and this hmm. is a perfect example of. Okay, we are doing this grand experiment for this show and trying our best to not let outside influences in. And if we had let them all in, you and I would not have enjoyed this this episode. Not at all. Not even a little bit.
1: And, and, and I want to be clear here. Th- guys, this isn't me and Johnny trying to be, like, contrarian assholes. Like, I know that we...
0: We're not trying to be edgy and just set aside things. I think we defended our position real well here.
1: Oh, absolutely. But I'm reminded of um, Bobby Goes Nuts, and we both ardently did not like that one at all, and that's... Maybe one of the most quoted lines yeah. in this entire series. That's my purse. I don't know you. I That episode sucks. Yeah. Like, And then you get this, and I am, what is happening to our hood? I don't know. Ah, uh, Johnny, <laughs> do you still like King of the Hill,
0: buddy? Mark, I still love King of the Hill. I love it so much I might go watch Hanks Bully again, and I don't ever rewatch. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. What about you, yeah. man?
1: Man, I still love King of the Hill, I am upset, I feel violated, I feel gross and dirty that I that I like this one so much, like, am I the problem, are we the problem? No, this is a really good episode of King of the Hill, and we should be here to enjoy it, and honestly, if you and I can come around so hard on this, what might be the most hated episode of all time, dare I say, I'm looking yeah. forward to Sir Punt? <laughs> Mark, this
0: episode just showed me that even though we've been hanging on a cliff with a tiger on the top and a tiger on the bottom, there is still one beautiful, perfect strawberry that we could have been looking at the entire
1: time. Can you believe this guy? Tell us a joke at a podcast. (laughs) You want to tell those good people where they can find us, buddy?
0: i absolutely do because i want to get the hell out of here but before i do you guys can always reach out to the dangle podcast on gmail we are dangle podcast at gmail.com you can reach out to us on twitter on instagram we have a facebook group we are the dang old podcast anywhere you see dangle podcast that is 99 percent probably gonna be us um we are colorado's number one most endorsed king of the hill podcast i uh, suffice it to say I don't think anyone's going to take that title from us anytime soon. You can reach out to me personally on Instagram. I am krautball. Kraut is in sauerkraut. Ball is in Swedish meatball. And guys, I live in Germany, so I'm up all, all sorts of weird hours of the day. I'm eight hours ahead of Colorado, so
1: is what it is. Mark, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me at Marky Stardust on Twitter. I also don't know what's going on with Twitter. Um, I will tell you right now, Dangle Podcast ain't about to pay eight bucks a month for Twitter, so if that one dies, that one dies. Um, but you can also, well, that's really the only place you can get a hold of me. So whatever, Marquis us on Twitter or jump on the uh, Instagram. Um, Johnny and I, we both watch that one quite a bit. I'm in charge of Twitter. Johnny's in charge of Facebook. But either way, you can get a hold of us. Um, You can also find me at our sister podcast. I can't wait to show my kids a weekly cinema review podcast where me and our buddy Brad take two, or take a movie that was fundamental and one of our favorite films, but the other one might have missed it. Uh, This, excuse me, I've been drinking beer since fucking 6 a.m. It's America, goddammit. We are deep, we're not deep, we're It's two or three episodes into our second season here. We're doing blockbusters, and we're either talking about um, James Cameron's sci-fi horror masterpiece slash Vietnam pick, uh, Aliens, or we did Top Gun. Much better. Did you just boo Aliens? I did. Join us in three weeks when Brad is on (laughs) Dangle Podcast to debate the merit of Aliens with Johnny. Ooh, wow. Dude, that's okay. Interesting. Sorry. Totally threw me off there. Um... You can also find us on our flagship podcast, the 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 OG granddaddy of them all, uh, the Two Wizards podcast, where me and my buddy Josh stare into the void so you don't have to by discussing a variety of weird topics. Don't know what we talked about this week. That one's on a hiatus because Josh has been on his 10-year wedding anniversary with his Mrs. Wizard. Once again, congratulations to them. Hey, Johnny, once again, congratulations to you and your lady on your 10-year. Um...
0: 11 year but thank you
1: 11 year i apologize i'm bad at, yeah yeah yeah. you and i yeah that's right yeah because you and yeah because <laughs> you and i have the same have been with our ladies respectively the same amount of time well you've been with J ray longer but yeah anyway whatever doesn't matter you had sex i had sex uh let's get out of here man
0: <laughs> thank you everybody for listening we will see you next week
1: dusty old bones full of green dust <laughs>
0: White shirt, white shirt. How'd you get your shirt so white, white shirt?
1: (laughs) Fuck this episode.